Hey y'all, welcome to Best Virginia, the podcast where we talk about the fascinating history, culture, and folklore of the wild and wonderful state of West Virginia. You got shot, you got stabbed, you lost everything that you had. There ain't no time to wonder why, but to hang your head and cry, oh no. good good how are you Ah, hanging in there uh so why don't you start off by introducing yourself let me take a drink of beer real quick (laughs) so uh my name is dallas wolf i uh i'm the owner of high ground brewing uh one of the brewers there and uh you know born and raised in west virginia so of course when somebody asked me if i want to do a a best virginia podcast i want to say yes so i'm excited to be here all right good deal we appreciate you i'm excited to have you on here um I want to start off by saying I'm a fan of your guys' beer. Uh, well, thank you. Big fan of Weird Handshakes. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, that one's – And Druid Fluid. Uh, those yep. are my, usually my go-tos if, uh, if I go to a place that's serving, serving your all stuff. Um, so, you know, I kind of want to – definitely want to focus on the brewery at first. So what kind of brought it on? Like what, what brought the, the concept up? What got you into brewing? Yeah, well, it's like I tell everybody. I mean, it all starts out with with beer, and um, you know, maybe in college I didn't drink some of the best beers. You know, I was into uh, you know the Natty Lights and stuff like that, which you know is 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 all good. But then uh, my buddy was from DC, and he started introducing me into craft beer, and uh, you know, there's stuff there that he was getting that was not even close to happening in West Virginia at the time. I mean, this is you know this was probably like seven eight years ago. Uh, back when Fat Tire and, you know, those were king, but you still had to, you know, even Yingling was hard to get. Um, so I started, decided that I was going to, well, my buddy of mine convinced me. I always said, you know, you always say, well, I'm going to go ahead and start brewing beer. Or, you know, you, you never get around to it until finally a buddy of mine, like, basically bought all of his stuff and said, hey, we're brewing, like, next weekend. Get your stuff ready. So, you know, it was, uh, but either way, it ended up to be a complete disaster. Uh, you know, we, we screwed that up pretty bad. Uh, my beer didn't, I didn't even get to drink my first beer. It was, it was awful. Uh, it didn't even ferment and it was bad, but, um, you know, it was basically just because, you know, the beer wasn't available and we started homebrewing on our side, on the side. And then, you know, when I failed at that first beer, like I, you know, I took it personal and, uh, you know, I was like, I'm going to be one of, I'm, I'm going to do as best I can. And I'm going to learn everything I can about beer and I'm going to try to really succeed at this. Um, and along the way, I fell in love with the, the craft. I fell in love with the processes, uh, the art meets the science. 
and uh, it was awesome. And, you know, the rest is just like, well, I told my buddy Adam, you know, we we're drinking a beer in the basement. It's like, I think I want to start a professional brewery. And, uh, you know, he looked at me and said, all right, let's do it. So it literally was just like that was the decision. And, uh, you know, I took a bunch of deliberate steps. And, you know, four or five years, or four years after that, we finally opened our doors. So, you know, a lot of planning, you know, a lot of, a lot of sacrifice and a lot of stuff that, you know, just everything that comes to making something out of nothing into something. Well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad you did it because you got, you brought some of the beers to us. So yeah. like you said, even now, like even still the craft beer community is still growing in West Virginia. It is. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, absolutely. There's huge, like huge changes from day to day. And I knew whenever I, when I convinced my dad that to, to start drinking IPAs was when I knew that, you know, there was hope in this state, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, I, I couldn't tell you what the first IPA I had was, but I remember it tasted just like shampoo. And that's what my friend told me. He's like, you gotta have, you gotta have a taste for it. Now I guess I, I gained it somewhere along the way, but yep. it takes practice. One, yeah. That first one tasted a lot like shampoo does. So <laughs> Yeah, it's it, well, it's bitter and it's just you know it's you know a lot of people's palates aren't quite ready for it. But yeah. what I like about uh, the New England style, which I don't know if you pay attention to high ground stuff, but we almost do exclusively high, uh, New England IPAs. You know, we only have like one regular IPA; everything else is New England. Uh, is that we dial down the bitterness, up the juice, up the creaminess, up the flavor of you know drinking fruit juice and it's so much more approachable and there's a lot of people that are really coming over onto IPAs just because a lot of times people's first experience is a West Coast IPA that's like super bitter, really offensive, really piney, you know, it smells like cat pee. And, uh, you know, so I, I like, I like, I like the New England style for that, which makes, makes IPAs a little bit more approachable. Yeah, I can see that. And I think that's one of the things that separates you all too, because uh, you know, any kind of business that you're first starting out in, you're going to do what's tried and true at first. A lot of people are anyways. So right. you're going to go, you're going to go the safe route to get some attention and get some, get a little bit of a fan base built up and maybe have that one that really sticks out. Sure. Um, so what was the, what was the first beer you guys brewed as a, as a company? As a company was Coltrane. Okay. Um, and we still brew that, you know, you know, we brew that every couple of weeks. Uh, that's the, you know, we're not big on flagship beers, but uh, we do have, I'd say three beers that we uh, pretty consistently keep available. Um, they might not be always available, but it's always coming around, you know, soon, which is, you know, Coltrane mandatory fun IPA, which is a, a, a standard IPA. It's more, it's more on the, it's not a new England. Uh, so that's the kind of the one that we decided to go with uh, for, for our just standard IPA for people that just want to drink a regular IPA, like a Lagunitas IPA or a Bell's two hearted or one of those. And then the third one is our Kolsch, uh, which is super popular in a lot of the, you know, the smaller town bars and stuff and restaurants that, uh, you know, because we try to go everywhere. We're not just, you know, we're not just distributing to, you know, the, the, the uh, you know, the high end craft beer bars and the places that, you know, cater to strictly craft beer. You know, we're, you know, we're in these little, you know, eight stool bars that serve chicken wings and stuff on the side of the road and uh, all over the place. So we have a beer literally that we can, we can sell to anybody. And, uh, you know, I, I take pride in that because I think everybody should enjoy beer. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of poor examples of beer 
out there that people like the taste and you know, we can do better than that. So, you know, I think it's great to bring, bring, you know, great beer at an affordable price to some of these places. Yeah. I respect that. I respect that a lot. Um, and, and one of the other things that make you all stand out is, you know, even on your page, I think it lists you guys as a veteran owned and operated. So, uh, you care to touch on that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been, uh, I've been serving, uh, in the army for, uh, well, since 2000 and was it 2004 was when I joined the army. So, um, you know, I've been part of the national guard ever since I joined, uh, I went through RTC in college at WVU and, um, you know, I really, really enjoyed the, the structure the army gives and a lot of the, the opportunities that the army has given me, uh, you know, it's given me plenty of experience and, you know, I honestly, would never have been able to start the brewery if it wasn't for, it wasn't for the experience that I've gained in the military. Um, you know, it gives you that commitment and it gave me that organization and the drive and the leadership skills and all the things that really need or are necessary in order to take a place from, and, and, and at least and make it, you know, quasi successful. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for your service. I appreciate uh, it. And any of the other veterans that, that work with the brewery. Um, yeah, we have two two other ones. Uh, so our head brewer uh, Austin Weiser, uh, and then our sales and distribution manager uh, Wayne Border. Uh, both of those guys are vets. All, all three of us uh, served in uh, served in Iraq, and then Wayne was in Iraq and Afghanistan. Wow. Uh, so we're all, all three of us are uh, combat veterans, which is uh, really really unique because there's only four people that work for high ground, and three of them are combat vets. So wow. Or like, at least full time. We've got a lot of girls that do, you know, they'll, they'll do the part time work and stuff. But of, of the full time people, the guys that are actually working there every day, um, three out of four are, uh, are combat vets. Wow. That's awesome. And all the respect in the world to you guys. And, you know, and, and like you said, you know, that the things that the Army instills in you all, like the commitment and the organization, the structure, all those things are crucial to maintaining a business and, mm. you know, maintaining a craft of any sort. And I think yeah. that's awesome that, you know, it uh, has a lot of stay in power having you guys all have gone through that and be, have that commitment. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a level of professionalism that I, I really like with veterans. Uh, you know, it's every time you're going to get somebody that is, uh, is got a certain level of, uh, you know, you get, you get good, strong value system based already from the organization that they're in. And then, you know, they're, they're professional and, you know, they're very, they're often dedicated. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I, I love what they bring to the table and being a better myself, I, I know what to expect from, from other vets and we all kind of work similarly. So we work together. Great. Um, you know, we're like a big family where, you know, we fight, and, uh, you know, we, we, we laugh and we cry together. It's great. That's amazing. And I think that's, I think that says a lot about you guys as, you know, as a family and as a company that really kind of drives home that you guys are here to stay. I think that's awesome. So are you able to talk about anything you guys have in the works? Sure. Uh, well, we just, we just uh, released our barrel-aged stouts that we've been uh, hanging on to since the summer. Uh, so we've got uh, Valley Furnace, which is our barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, we, we aged it this year on Weller barrels. Uh, I don't know if you're a bourbon guy, but we ended up uh, using Weller Special Reserve barrels that I ended up getting a hold of, which is pretty unique. Um, and then uh, we did um, uh, uh, the regular one, and then we did a variant with coffee and vanilla. Uh, they're both really good. Uh, nice, coming at like 13.3% alcohol, so, you know, you got to take it easy. 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's really, uh, it's really, really good. And, you know, last year was a big hit. So we kind of doubled down and, and brewed twice as much so we can get a variant out this year. That's awesome. And then, uh, we did a barrel aged version of Market Zero. So, you know, all the barrel aged beers are coming out because that's, you know, it's the tail end of winter. Everybody is, you know, kind of like in the, you know, everybody's depressed and uh, everybody just wants to sit by a fire and drink, drink big beers. So uh, we're making sure those are available to them. And then uh, on the IPA side, uh, we've got uh, a new uh, milkshake. So if you like weird handshakes, then you're going to love this one. It's, uh, it's an orange dreamsicle IPA. Uh, new England, it's, we, we put a, bunch of oats in it so it's super creamy um and then it's orangey and vanilla and it's just smooth and low super low bitterness so it's it, i mean it's just great it tastes it literally tastes like a melted uh dreamsicle wow. uh, which is pretty cool and it's called wizard dreams okay. uh, so it's available in kegs now and it's coming in cans here in the next couple of weeks once we get the labels done that sounds awesome yeah I'll, yeah i'll try to get my hands on those that sounds that sounds delicious actually yeah, well, and there's all kinds of fun stuff. We've been doing tart shake IPAs. Uh, so if we coined, the, the phrase was coined by uh, Cinderland's Brewing up in Pittsburgh. Uh, so tart shake IPA being that it's a milkshake IPA that's tart, um, like, a, like a regular sour. Um, so it's like sweet and sour together. Uh, and then you can do all kinds of decadent, like almost like, um, you know, dessert types of beers. So we've, uh, we've released three of those so far. We did uh, Ajis, which was like a blackberry cobbler IPA. Then we did uh, coconut peat, which was like a Island drink, you know, like almost like yeah. a pink or something like that with like bunches of coconut and guava. And then uh, we just released uh, uh, to be fair, which is a uh, maple syrup, uh, blueberry pancake, uh, pretty heavy on the, on the maple syrup. Uh, you know, cause you know, if you're like me, I like to dump a bunch of syrup on my pancakes. So, but, um, yeah, so that's cool stuff that's coming out. Um, but, you know, a big mad props to, to, to Austin Weezer and Adam Motes, um, both guys in the brew house with me. You know, we, we challenge each other. We say, what if we made this? And then we try to figure out how to do it. And then we'll just do it. And uh, sometimes we hit it pretty good. Sometimes, you know, we need to tweak it. Uh, but, you know, I got talented folks that's working for me. So, you know, we're pretty close about every time. Then uh, we don't have to do too much tweaking. But uh, so I'm super fortunate to have that, uh, have a good team uh, developing these beers. And then I'm even, you know, even more fortunate to have a guy that can go out there and sell it. And, I've, you know, I've got a great taproom manager. He's the guy that's out there as the face uh, at the taproom that, you know, is doing all, all the good work and making the making the, the contacts and treating our customers right. So uh, I'm really fortunate to have such a great team. And, you know, it's like a family. I mean, it's it's great. Uh, I'm living I'm living a, a great life as a, uh, as an owner of a business where, you know, your employees are like family. It's, it's exactly what I wanted. No stress at all. When I go into the brewery, I'm, I'm never stressed when I'm there. I love it. That's awesome. You can't beat that. That's, uh, that's the dream, man. That's what I think that's what we're all after. Yeah. And I think, I think the product, um, I think the product, I think you could see that. And I don't, maybe I'm getting a little bit, uh, meta metaphorical or metaphysical or whatever, but I feel like the product the results you can tell it it was raised in a good home you know what i mean like <laughs> the beers came from a good home and uh it truly was brewed with love and teamwork so yeah i think you know i think that goes back to what you were saying earlier you i mean it doesn't sound like you guys just half-ass stuff it sounds like you you put your dedication to it and you try to make sure that you get what you're after and you're not going to mm -hmm. put something that's 
Uh, that's okay. We'll we'll put it out, and you're not going to do that. I don't think. No, no, we're we're pretty deliberate when it comes to that. And I've I've uh, you know full full uh, you know uh, full transparency. I've definitely dumped a few beers that didn't make didn't make the standards. Uh, probably could have released them. Probably would have sold fine. But uh, you know sometimes they just they just don't turn out the way you want them. And you know I'm willing to I'm willing to draw the line and say no. That's not that's not the quality that we're looking for. Let's 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 try it again. So. I think that's a big deal. And I think, especially, you know, in the beer market and, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not in the shoes that you're in, but as a consumer, uh, I think, you know, you see microbreweries and, and like home brewers, even myself, I've tried my hand at it. So, you know, it's one of those things right. that, that everyone can maybe try, but few get it just right and uh, just right enough to really take it and go with it. And, and there are many people out there who are like, this is okay. Let's sell this, but that's not, it's not right. great. It's not, it's not up here. It's like down here with, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, it, I just, I think it comes with just passion and, you know, we've, you know, we just, we, 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 we put, we set it, we set the bar high for ourselves and we're, we're extremely critical of our own stuff. Um, you know, there isn't anything that anybody's thinking when they drink one of our beers that we are in the back of our head, beating ourselves up over uh, and even the most, some of the beers that some people might say it's the best beer they've had. And we're, we're still like, ah, you know, we can still do this or that. Um, you know, but we, we never try to change it to the point where the beer is completely different. Um, you know, if we just didn't, if we don't like the way the beer is, we just won't brew it again. But if, if we like, if we think that it has potential, then we'll tweak it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I, I, you know, as a, like, as I said, as a consumer, I, I appreciate that because, that lets me know that you guys are pushing the envelope and pushing the, pushing the limits to try to make sure that we get what, you know, what you want us to have, what you, what you think we deserve to have. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, going back to, I kind of want to rewind just a second. You mentioned coconut Pete earlier and I, I'm kicking myself sure. that I didn't bring that up because I love that stuff, <laughs> but it, it's just harder for me to get my hands on than, than some of the others like weird handshakes. Yeah. Cause uh, I have, Oscars down the road and they keep you guys oh, yeah. stuff on tap. So Love them. Yeah. and yeah, Jason, uh, Jason runs a good ship over there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Can't complain. Um, but you know, coconut Pete love the stuff. I just want to make sure I threw that out there. Yeah. Well, appreciate it. Yeah. It'll be coming around. I think we're going to brew it again, like in the summertime. Cool. Um, it was really funny because everybody's like, you're making a coconut Island drink in the dead of winter. Like what are, what are you doing? <laughs> It's like I don't know. Sometimes we just do stuff and we don't know why. But it just I just really thought I really thought it was gonna be you know, I was like, Yeah, this is great. You know, it definitely should have probably came out in the summertime, but whatever. We oh. sometimes do what we feel like doing. <laughs> exactly. Uh but I, I'm that's dangerous stuff. It's super drinkable. <laughs> yeah. Um so you know, I wanted to, I know it's a weird time uh, because of COVID and everything like that. And so events aren't really happening the way they should or the way they used to. Uh, what are some type of, some types of events that you guys usually like to get involved with um, or any that you kind of have your eyes on? Uh, you know, you can't, you, you can't, you can't talk about festivals unless you talk about rails and nails, um, you know, which is just my absolute favorite. Uh, you know, they treat us right. They get, they put us up in a hotel room and, you know, we, you know, the brewers all get together and have a great time. And, um, you know, that's one of my favorite parts about, and, and there's a, there's a lot of festivals out there that I love to go to, you know, hops in the Mons a great one. Uh, they had a, they put on a really good festival, uh, whenever they were up on high street. Um, you know, there's, there's a, there's plenty of great festivals out there and really, 
any 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 festival that you know a lot of breweries get together and do that you know i love to go to because you know the west virginia brewing community is kind of it's like a family you know we hang out together we drink beer together we uh you know we talk shop you know we you know it's really it's awesome and i i honestly miss all the all the guys out there you know i miss the guys from weathered ground and short story and you know, Stumptown and all these guys out there, you know, you go out on the, on the, on the uh, festival circuit and, you know, you're used to, you know, Hey, we're going to hang out all summer. You know, it seems like about once a month, we're all getting together for a festival and hanging out. And, you know, I miss it. I miss, hang- I miss seeing these guys because, you know, after the festival or during the festival, you know, you're drinking beer all day and having a great time. And, you know, you get to meet a lot of the craft beer fans and uh, a lot to, a lot of West Virginians that are very passionate or, or discovering your stuff for the first time. So, I mean, festivals are great and I, I cannot wait uh, for this, uh, for, for, for festivals to come back. Uh, I second that rails and nails. Uh, yeah. I missed it. So I was so, I was so bummed up last year when it didn't happen, man. <laughs> I was too. Yeah. I was really, really bummed out. I, the second, you know, once we entered like September of 2019, I was already looking forward to it again. And, but you know, hopefully this year. Hey, that's what, that's so, all we can do. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. And if not this yep. year, next year, we got to make yep. something happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. One way or another. Positive thinking. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So, uh, do you, are you guys working on anything, uh, like any events within the brewery or anything like within the, the town? I don't think, I don't know if we mentioned where you guys are located at. Yeah, we're located in, uh, we're located in, uh, Terre Haute, West Virginia. Uh, which is a small little mountain town in Preston County, right next to Maryland, uh, like Oakland and Deep Creek. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's about an hour from Morgantown uh, to give you a perspective on the geography. Uh, and it's about 20 minutes from Oakland and about 40 minutes or about a half hour from uh, Deep Creek. So it's right up there on the panhandle, right, 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 uh, right there, kind of where the, the Eastern panhandle gets started. So. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I think we got ahead of ourselves there. Um, no, I tend to do that, though. So yeah, we're having time. <laughs> I hope you all are enjoying this episode of Best Virginia. I just wanted to take a second to tell you guys about some of the great merch I offer. If you go to teespring.com, that's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G.com, and search for Best Virginia Podcast, you can find Best Virginia t-shirts, hoodies, crew neck sweatshirts, COVID-19 face masks, and coffee mugs, as well as other things that I'll be adding in the meantime. Now, back to the show. So, like I said, is there anything you guys are working on, like in-house, or anything that you're working to kind of to kind of push limits there? Well, I mean, this this oh. uh, around uh, mid mid May is when we're going to really, you know, that's that's our uh, it's going to be our uh, so it'll be our our, our two year anniversary of uh, two full years of being fully operational. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a food truck there and, you know, the weather should be good by, you know, by mid-May. So we're looking forward to that. And, you know, last year, the COVID, uh, it changed how we do business a little bit uh, in terms of like nobody sat at the bar and we had, you know, the screens and stuff. But, you know, our brewery has always been a uh, beer garden style kind of place. You know, the, the seating's outside, everything's spread out in the open air. Uh, so we're really fortunate with that. Um, the only change we did this year was is that we did we're just doing to go only during the winter time. Uh, we used to have a few seats at the bar where people could come have a drink, 
but I think uh, I think that might be the way we do business from here on out. Is just uh, do to go beers during the winter time, and then in the summer we do. You know, we have the uh, you know the outdoor seating, and you know let people come in and, and patronize at least until we get you know expand big enough to where we have a larger in, in, indoor area. Because you know our our tap room itself is pretty small, but once you open up the garage door, it's you know it's it's like half of half of uh, it's like the grocery store section of Walmart. You know, so that's cool. Yeah, and that was one of the things that I always kind of wonder, but I usually kind of let it come up organically because I, we're all tired of talking about the thing about COVID. Yeah, yeah, everybody's uh, tired of it. <laughs> so I usually try not to bring it up, but if it comes up, I'll address it. So I think it sure. is cool because there are some uh, some places that really suffer by oh, how, yeah. how they do business. But to count there's a lot of our clients. A lot of our clients were really affected by it, and uh, you know, I feel I feel for them. I feel bad for them, and. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Jeff McKay down at uh, Summit has really been doing some good stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the West Virginia Brewers Guild has been doing stuff to try to get some of this legislation passed to try to make it a little bit more conducive. So hats off to those guys. Um, you know, so, you know, that's that's one of the things, you know, and right now there's a bill uh, just passed the House. So, you know, hopefully we can uh, we can get this, uh, you know, crap beer or, or alcohol modernization act go, to go through. So fingers crossed on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, like you mentioned earlier, you guys are a little uh, are a family, and I think that's awesome. Because I mean, I, I know that as a consumer, it's been a huge deal to me over the last few years. You know, getting to go to these festivals and and talking to some. Uh, I, you know, I've had this. I'm getting to have this conversation with you. Um, I talked to the guys at Greenbrier Valley uh, in a previous episode, and so being able to just be able to talk to you guys and and drink your beer and you know, just kind of shoot the breeze with you all. It's a big deal to me too. So I, I think it's, I love having you guys around. Let's hope it stays and grows. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we get off the brewery topic, um, I wanted to talk, I wanted to compliment you on your, uh, on your logo, by the way. So I'm a big tattoo guy and uh, you know, your, your podcast logo is like straight up American traditional tattoo. Like who, who did your tattoo or who did your uh, logo? Uh, that was Derek Jemison. Uh, he's out at Five Star in Louisville now. He used to be at uh, Epicenter in Huntington. He's did a couple tattoos for me. And whenever I was kind of thinking about the idea, I was like, I, I want I want him to do it because I think it does represent kind of, you know, just the traditional, you know, no frills kind of stuff that we have for the state. And yeah. I'm, I love his work. He's done a few tattoos for me. Wouldn't have anybody else touch me as far as uh, American traditional style. Nice. So, uh, he's, I mean, he's, in my opinion, the best at what he does, at least around here. At least that I've awesome. seen. That's very cool. Yeah, so that's something we have in common. So our, our logo is, you know, the American traditional tattoo yeah. style. Um, it was done by Christos down at Wild Zero Tattoos. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and um, you know, so he did that. And then, uh, you know, a lot of our can art is done by tattoo uh, tattoo art, art artists. You know, we have uh, Sutton Daniels that does self-care clothing company that does a lot of our can art we have, uh, we just recently got Paul Anderson, uh, who was doing uh, tattoos down in Morgantown, um, start doing so. He did our, uh, weapons free, uh, label when he's doing our wizard dreams label. So we got that going on. And then of course, um, we also have, uh, not, not American traditional, but we have, uh, Adam Matthews, um, who is a, uh, a really cool, like monster, uh, like, drawer drawer of monsters uh, an, an artist that loves to do monster stuff and i love monster stuff 
Um, I'm big into it. So, uh, you know, any, any like Coltrane label, and I don't know if you've seen some of our labels, but yeah. some of those real, like the Coconut Pete label was done by Adam Matthews. So he's great. So super talented team of artists. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't, I would love to have, uh, have his, uh, contact information. Maybe I'll yeah. see if he's interested in doing a beer label for us. Yeah, absolutely. I'll hook you up for sure. Cool. I, I think, yeah. I think you would be interested. Excellent. Well, I'll, uh, I'll send you that stuff for sure. He's like I said, he's awesome. He's yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, not only his art style, but his approach, like it, it, super light handed, super quick, but thorough. Uh, can't say enough good things about him. He's a good dude. Awesome. Yeah, and that was I'm glad you brought that up too because I was going to ask you. I was like talking about the can art because that's you know that's what sells. That's what gets people to taste the beer most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. I mean it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's for real. I mean, I you know, <laughs> full disclosure, I've bought plenty of beers just because of the cool label. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and because you know, I, I think one of the things is that shows that people are putting thought into it too. Because you, most of the time, a good a good label is going to kind of match the type of brew you have or the, the flavor profile. So, yeah. you know, if it usually, I like to talk about, um, about Greenbrier Valley, how they have Bat Boy and, and uh, uh, Mothman for their darker brews. And, you know, that really kind of, you know, you taste that and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I would, what I picture. Yeah. It tastes like. This is just like, a, this tastes just like Mothman. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever tasted Mothman himself, but uh, no, I love their labels too. They they do a great job. Yeah, so I, you know, I always I think that's a cool thing because it all goes hand in hand. You gotta you gotta package it right. So I'm glad you brought that up for sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, I always try to give credit where credits do. Uh, you know, uh, you know, in order to be successful, you gotta you gotta surround yourself with with good people and uh, you know, good. You know, I. I'm super fortunate to to have so many talented and and uh, you know you know good people around me. So you know that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, people are your greatest asset, and uh, you know an owner should never forget that uh, ever. You know, I think it shows, and I'm not a paid spokesperson. Just a clarification, but again, I think it shows through your all's work and just through you know how much you guys have grown in such a short time too. Uh, I mean, you know, like I said, like we were talking about there, there are some breweries that, you know, they pop up and they, they go away pretty quick sometimes. Um, but the community itself is growing. And for you guys to make such a big impact so quickly, I think is awesome. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it's all about, it's all about the beer and uh, you know, it's all about, um, you know, reaching out to your, your, your customers and, you know, we're very, we try to do as much as we can on social media. You know, my wife manages all the marketing stuff. Uh, so she does our social media page and our Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, you know, she's on the, on untapped all the time, commenting and cheers and people and just, you know, talking beer with people on the, you know, on untapped. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that, I think that really, uh, you know, helps us connect with our, our customers in a way that they don't expect, you know, not everybody expects to check in a beer, and then have the brewery, you know, cheers their check-in within, you know, within five or 10 minutes of checking it in, you know? Yeah. So you know, we, we definitely try to try to stay on top of that. And that's one of my, one of my goals is to, to make sure that everybody that's drinking our beer knows that, you know, Hey, that 
you know, these are, these are people that really generally genuinely care about the product and they care about the craft and the trade and uh, about the state and everything. And, uh, you know, we're not absentee parents when it comes to our product. Yeah. And that's, that's not the first time you brought up, uh, you know, kind of the parental role with the beer. Earlier yeah. you said uh, that it was raised in a good home. I think it's yeah. So yeah, they're, they're all of our little kids that we, we, we ship out into the great, great wide world. <laughs> oh, I think that's awesome because, you know, that's, again, that's just a cool way to look at it. I, I won't really, I won't beat the dead horse on that, but sure, I, I think that's cool. Um, so I, I like to ask people what your favorite thing about the state is. Oh, man. I love that it's, uh, I love the fact that, you know, the people here are so friendly. Um, you know, you, you forget what it's like to be a West Virginian. You take, well, you take for granted that, like, I, you know, I, I say hi to everybody and, you know, everybody I know says hi to everybody. And, you know, you go to Walmart and it takes you, you know, an hour and a half to get out of there in a small town just because, you know, you run into everybody you see and, you know, you know, that's the kind of stuff that makes West Virginia really cool is, is that we're still super friendly to each other. Uh, you know, you go to uh, Pittsburgh or you go to, you know, D.C. or, you know, any of the any of the bigger places. And, you know, you, you try to talk to somebody or just say hi to somebody and often you get ignored. And uh, in West Virginia, you know, you're always like wanting to say hi to people. And then you say hi to somebody and they look at you like you're crazy. Um, so that, that's one of my favorite things about West Virginia is just the folks here are great. They're genuine. Um, you know, they're 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 good people. And um I'm, you know, I'm proud to be part of a part of the state, and I'm, I'm proud to proud of all the people here. And uh, you know, I, I just uh, I think that's great. Of course, you know, West Virginia is beautiful, so you got that. That's uh, that's a great thing. You know, I live uh, live in Preston County here, where the mountains are high and the river flows, and you know, we got a great conservation uh, team at uh, at uh, so for uh, at the Friends of Cheat, they take care of our rivers. Um, you know, so, I mean, I love the, the beauty uh, of it as well, but, and the solitude, um, you know, I'm kind of a, I like to be, I'm a private person and I like to have my space and, uh, you know, that's also a great thing is, you know, that, you know, you're not on top of everybody and it's not like the city environment. I don't know. I just, that's what I, I mean, I grew up here. I don't really know. I know that whenever I go to bigger places that I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> so um, you know, it only takes a couple of times leaving home to realize how much you miss it. And, uh, been in the military, I've spent quite a time, quite a lot of time away. Um, and you know, as soon as I leave, I can't wait to come back. And, uh, you know, that's how you know it's home. Absolutely. Amen. Couldn't have said it better. And I think, you know, I, all the things you said are, are most of the things you said are things that I've thought about whenever I was younger, I was always like, my goal was to get out of here. I grew up in in Boone County. Um, if you're familiar, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that area, I am. Yep, um, I've been uh, I've been there for flood duty a few times. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we flood sometimes. Yep. Uh, but you know, growing up, I was like, man, I can't wait to get out of here. I want to see the big world. And then the older I get, the more like, and and the more I see of the big world, I'm like, yeah, but I kind of just want to go home. <laughs> it's it's a lot nicer there. It's and like you said, the people, man, that that comes up almost every time. Because yep. it's true, uh, the people here are 
there's nothing like it, no matter where else you go. Uh, you, like you said, you try to say hi or just strike up a conversation with somebody and they're like, either get a weird look or they totally ignore you and just walk past you. Right. I think you're crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But it's not like that here. We're just a big family. And that's one of the things that drew me to this idea for the podcast is just being able to, like we're on, op- you and I are on opposite sides of the state right now and we're having right. a conversation and, you know, uh, bonding over some beer and all that stuff. And I think that's cool. I think we need more of that, especially, you know, the negativity and the way the world is going lately. Uh, right. I think that's a big thing. We need to band together. I, th- I know I'm, it, it is, uh, it is unfortunate the some of the division that's going on because, you know, I, I, I you know, I love everybody and I, I don't want, uh, I hate to see people, uh, you know, at each other's throats and, you know, I just, I, I hate to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can relate. I think, I think we all just need to, to sit down and have a beer together. That's right. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So you start brewing for that and I'll, I'll organize the event and we'll, we'll okay. get the whole world to sit down and have a beer. Have, That's right. Have we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Well, uh, you know, I appreciate you sitting down and chatting with me and talking about some beer, talking about some festivals that hopefully, fingers crossed, will happen again soon, sooner rather than later. Right. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's right. Yeah. See if you can whisper in the right ears. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> of course, uh, you know, everybody's wanting the same thing. I, I don't think I know the right people. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, but yeah, I... Uh, it was an honor having you on, man, and I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you. You know, it was, it was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, you know, I hope your uh, hope your community here uh, enjoys uh, listening to uh, to me uh, babble on about uh, about beer and you know, love and family and all that stuff. So, I'm sure they will, and if they don't, they can find another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we didn't talk about aliens once, man. What do you think about that? Uh well, never mind. Now we got to. <laughs> so, so, how about some aliens? Hey, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I want to, I'm like, I'm like Fox Mulder, man. I want to believe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, we'll put a pin in that one. And talk about it next time. How about that? <laughs> hey, I'm in. I'm in. Anytime you want to talk, I'm, I'm good. I don't have to talk about beer. I, I'm a big cryptid fan. I, I like alien oh. stuff and uh, you know, I, I, I'm into, I'll talk about anything. I'll talk about food. I'll talk about anything, you know, okay. love, love it. So, well, cheers to you, my friend. And, uh, thanks for inviting me on. And uh, to all you listeners out there, uh, you know, if you haven't had a chance to, to, to drink some high ground, go out there and give her a shot. And if you are uh, a drinker or a consumer of high ground, then thank you very much. And uh, I do it for you. So thanks very much. This has been another episode of Best Virginia Podcast, created and hosted by me, Jordan Mitchell, featuring special guest Dallas Wolf and featuring music, by 18 strings. As always, thanks for listening. Stay wild, stay weird, and stay wonderful.